Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Back at it again. It's the football playbook with your boy RIC and the place to be Rick Saratella. Tell it like it is when it comes to your Philadelphia Eagles, NFL, college football. It's Thursday, September 22nd. Buckle up. We got a star-studded show for you here on this part 18 edition of TFB. And um, our good friend, Dane Vandernat, executive director of the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, will join us. And we'll also have Neil Stratton from InsideTheLeague.com. And on Thursdays, we get a little tutorial with it. We go behind the scenes, two guys uh, that have been working in the league or with the league in some kind of capacity for over the last two decades. And so I wanted to pick their brain today a little bit about an article that I read by our own uh, John McMullen. Of course, Birds 365, shout out, shout out to the Frozen screen. And uh, we're, we're live and in color uh, appreciate Eric, Adam, Birdman, Miguel, John. Good morning. Thank you for joining the show. Hit the like button nice and early. If you're watching on the replay or the archives, we could use some likes if you like what you're seeing, if you like what you're hearing. But, you know, McMullen brought up a good point that the Eagles are all in. And that championship window has been open, wide open. And... You know, we talked about this. In fact, when I filled in for J- for Johnny Mack a couple times on the Birds 365 show, I said, this is the best supporting cast that Jalen Hurts is ever going to have because he is going to command top dollar. And the ripple effect is somebody's got to go. And so I just did a quick check, and, and we're only on week two. So I know we don't want to dive too deep into this, but it is worth looking ahead in terms of the ramifications and the trickle-down effect of a Jalen Hurts contract. So I'm going to pick their brains a little bit, but I counted 11 starters, 11 starters on this current Eagles roster and about three or four very impactful backup or key reserves that are going to hit the free agent market after this season, including the whole entire defensive line. So, We'll get into that. Dane Vandenat, of course, 10 years as director of pro personnel for the Raiders. We'll put his uh, GM cap on and say, hey, is Miles Sanders realistically coming back here? Can you afford to pay a top dollar running back? How do you kind of gauge a, a veteran like Fletcher Cox versus feeling confident uh, uh, with a guy like Jordan Davis, who's a rookie, somewhat of an unknown? We're going to pick these guys brains a little bit later on in the show yeah it got frozen up in here and i'm not talking about my daughter's cartoon it was frozen and uh you guys kept it cranking in the chat room so shout out to all you guys john dickerson i did see the rob ellis gritty dance and that was probably the highlight of my day yesterday god golly 
You know what? I'll, I'll say this about the Rob Ellis gritty. It lived up to every piece of expectation. Rob, Rob Ellis is the Jalen Hurts of Jacob Sports. He has exceeded expectations. That gritty dance was so bad it was good. I mean, if you didn't get a chuckle out of that, then color you Scrooge because that, that was hilarious, my man. And I'll tell you what, that's the one guy I want to see on the wedding dance floor that can carve up the carpet. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, I'd like to see Rob Ellis do the gritty with a couple of cocktails in him and see what it looks like. But, man, that was terrible. It was so bad. It was good. And so um, I did see that. Uh, if you if you did not see that, the uh, Jacob Sports YouTube channel has the replay on the archives, I believe. Yeah, I give him credit for doing that. Hey, if uh, if we hit 100 likes today, I'll do the gritty for you, but I'm not sure it's going to be as funny and hilarious. I like to think I have a little bit more rhythm, but maybe not. But hey, I'll do the gritty for you too. Give me 100 likes today. Can we get that? <laughs> but hey, Rob is a man of his word. He lived up to it, and uh, that was some funny stuff. Not so funny. <laughs> Carson Wentz, it's Wentz week. He's not really laughing about this week because he's on his third team in three years. This is an audition for Carson Wentz, more so than Jalen Hurts. And I know um, before the, the bird game, the bird show froze, they posed the question to uh, Dave. Who does this game mean the most to? To me, it's it's Jalen Hurts, not Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz got paid. I don't think he cares. I don't think Carson Wentz, if he never started another NFL game in his career, would really give a shit. I don't. Jalen Hurts got something to prove. He wants to beat and showcase himself as the guy. And, you know, I saw the Jalen Hurts presser yesterday. He's a man of confidence. He also looked like a man that didn't really want to deal with the media yesterday, but he did. He sat there, he took it, and there there wasn't really much to take away from it, but they did ask him about Carson Wentz, and he said, listen, he didn't even want to go there. He said, I'm really not looking backwards. I'm trying to move forward, so I don't really want to talk about that. Kudos to Jalen Hurts. Took the high road. He said, I'm not looking back. I'm just moving forward. Don't tell me deep down inside this game doesn't mean something. Both of these guys. Now, Wentz said, you know, he also took the high road. I'm excited. You try not. In fact, he told our own uh, Nikki Jabavala, who joined us yesterday, she had the uh, Carson Wentz quotes. You try not to make the game bigger than what it is. It's a big game. It's a big game for NFC East division ramifications. It's a big game for the future of Carson Wentz. It's a big game for the contract of one Jalen Hurts, who don't look now. Ocean Casino Resorts Gallery has him as the third contender for the MVP. It's a big game. And I got news for you. Like everybody says, hey, it's down in DC. He's not going to really get the full grunt of the Boo Birds. It might only be 30% Philadelphia fans down there at FedEx Field. And this might be the one time they do get a chance to boo Carson. Because you know why? Next time they see him, week 10, 
Got news for you. Could be Sam Howell starting for the Washington Commanders if they're three and seven, two and six, whatever they are, come week 10. Carson Wentz might not even be the starter. Could be could be Sam Howell time if, if the commanders are out of it. So if you're one of those Eagles fans, and we shout out to get uh Gail Saunders, we got to get him on. And, and I know he's down, he's gonna be down heavy. I know uh Darius Slay's family stopped by the fourth and John tailgate uh, this past week. And I would suggest you go follow fourth and John and Gail Saunders. If you want to get that DC trip, they get the, the bus, the ticket, the whole experience. Come week 10, you might. Sorry, chat. We lost Rick there. Uh, we're going to bring him back as soon as possible. But like he was mentioning, this is a big week for a lot of people. This is a big week for Carson Wentz. This is a big week for Jalen Hurts. No matter how much they want to minimize it or how how small they want to slice it, right? You know, I fully expect this game to be competitive. I expect this game to be Hard fault. I expect it to be really physical. Um, but I also expect Carson Wentz to be Carson Wentz. Now, we can't deny what we've been seeing from Carson Wentz, right? We can't deny it. He's been playing pretty well, all things considered, when you look at the numbers. But the thing about Carson Wentz is it's never just about the numbers with him, right? It's how he plays the game. It's his decision-making. He'll give you three quarters of great football and then all of a sudden he'll fall off a cliff and that's the Carson Wentz that we're used to seeing right that's the Carson Wentz that that makes us nervous the guy that can just get hot a guy that can just fall off a cliff but the the the, the fascinating part about it is you know he's with a new team and they're going to be without their center and I'm curious to see how Jalen Hurts conducts himself without his main guy, his, 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 his star center. And his center is going to be on IR for about, I think, four or five weeks or however long, but he's out. So that's a monkey wrench in their entire game plan. The center and the quarterback are two of the, two of the most important guys on the offense, right? They're the orchestrators. They're the maestros. But when you, when you think about this matchup, Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz, the storyline is immaculate because Jalen Hurts, remember, he was brought in to be the backup behind Carson Wentz. Let's not get it twisted. Jalen Hurts was brought in to back up Carson Wentz. He was brought in to be a cheap backup. But Carson Wentz didn't like that. That made Carson Wentz uncomfortable. But that's the problem with Carson Wentz, right? Everything has to be comfortable. Everything has to be cookie cutter. He doesn't do well with adversity. He doesn't do well with change. Or surprises. And that's the difference between him and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has dealt with adversity, right? Jalen Hurts has dealt with turnover, change, inconsistencies, the uncomfortabilities of not knowing if you're ever going to start ever again. Losing his job at Alabama, transferring to Oklahoma, trying to trying to revitalize his 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 standing 
as a quarterback prospect, right? A guy like Carson Wentz was given everything. Won multiple FCS championships, right? A guy that was always the big man on campus, right? You get what I'm saying? That's the that's the that's the thing about Carson. He's Superman one day, then he's Clark Kent in a, in, a, in in an instance, right? In an instance. So this game, I'm going to be paying attention to several facets. I'm going to be paying attention to whether or not Jonathan Gannon will put pressure on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz does not do well with pressure. He likes to hold on to that ball for hours. We know it. We've seen it. We've experienced it. But again, Carson Wentz is a guy who has talent. Carson Wentz is a guy who knows how to deliver the ball. But when it comes down to the money shot, when it comes down to hitting the, you know, throwing the game-winning ball, that game-clinching pass, he can't do it. Have we ever seen Carson Wentz really be clutch in his career besides 2017? And where, and where, what were they really clutch situations? Because for the most part, the Eagles were the Eagles were playing from a lead most of 2017, right? We don't talk about that though. The Eagles were playing from a lead for the most part. Now, I will admit in that LA Rams game in 2017, he was pretty clutch. He threw that touchdown off the torn ACL, LCL, MCL. It was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But overall. Carson Wentz doesn't have too many clutch situations under his belt. Maybe that Washington football team matchup where he threw that dime to Miles Sanders, maybe, maybe. But let's not kid ourselves. When Carson was with the Indianapolis Colts, shout out to my man Dan Cilio, but was he the engine or was he the caboose? Think about that. Was he the engine or was he the caboose? That's that's what I'm thinking about with this man. Now, look, right now, he looks like the engine. He's th- he's averaging over 300 yards. He's He has seven touchdowns on the season. Through He's thrown like three or four interceptions, right? He's completing 65% of his passes. He's looking like the best thing to happen. To the Washington Commanders. That's what it looks like. But they don't know him how we know him. <laughs> they don't know the real him. Right? Eagles fans, look. This is going to be an exciting game. This is going to be a game that might be even more exciting when he comes to Philadelphia. That's the part that's even more exciting about this. We get to play him twice. We get to lay, you guys get to lay hands and feet on him twice. You feel where I'm coming from? So, Carson Wentz, a guy that has talent, but does he have what it takes? Does he have the it factor? Like Jalen Hurts says, the it factor. Does he know how to get freaky? You got to ask yourself that. I don't think this game is going to be a route. I don't believe that. But I do believe that the Eagles will get the better 
of the commanders. That's just my honest opinion. I think the Eagles are just a better team. I think that I, I think I think we're more consistent in the trenches. I believe we have the better receiving core. I think we have the better or more productive running back room. I think we have the better defense in terms of DBs and linebackers. Right? Well, you guys agree. Smash that like button for Jacob Sports. Smash that like button for the football playbook. You follow me? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're about 17 minutes in. We're going to take a break. And our guy, RIC, Ciratella, will be back in a moment. But again, you guys, I want you guys to think about this. Has Carson Wentz, in particular with the Colts, was he the engine or was he the caboose? Sit on that. We'll be back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Back at it again. All right, Sam Rick Saratella here. The football playbook, Thursday, September 22nd. Uh, counting you down to Wentz week on Sunday, 1 p.m. And so Tony was carrying on about Carson Wentz after my open there. And, you know, a couple things I was saying. Jalen Hurts took the high road. Carson Wentz took the high road saying, hey, I don't really want to make the game bigger than what it is. And this was the constant topic throughout the Eagles press conference yesterday. A handful of Eagles spoke about it. Uh, Brandon Graham said he, he didn't really try to hide anything. He said, hey, some guys had this game circled from the gate because of Carson, right? Because a lot of players on this team were here when Carson was here. He said, hey, we had this game circled out of the gate before the season. So it's here now. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox said he spoke to Carson Wentz yesterday. Says he talks to him all the time. Still a friend. So we'll see. We'll see when Fletcher Cox is dancing in the backfield and, and going in for that sack. Does he does he light up on Carson, a good old friend? So a lot of Eagles got asked about Carson Wentz yesterday, including uh, head coach Nick Sariani, who said, you know, obviously there's some history there. Uh, we try not to talk too much about Carson, but he was here. He he was with the program. And he did say, you know, one of the differences between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts was Jalen is just cool as a cucumber, so calm. Uh, he was asked, you know, when did you realize or did you know that Jalen would be open to hard criticism or coaching? He's like, yeah, this guy's the son of a football coach. <laughs> and he said, you know, he, he doesn't really, he doesn't really have like an aha moment where he dug into Jalen, but he said after the Washington game last year or before the Washington game last year, he really got on him hard. And he said, Jalen took it in stride. Demeanor didn't change. Cool, calm, collective. Went out, had the game of his life. Completely different demeanor than what Carson Wentz brings to the table, right? So it was a common theme. Uh, Hertz was asked about it. Fletcher Cox was asked about it. Brandon Graham was asked about it. They all had a different response. Brandon Graham said, hey, I've been licking my chops. We had this game circled because we knew Carson was going to be there. Fletcher Cox was like, hey, he's a friend. I still talked to him the other day. Jalen Hurts, he didn't want anything to talk about. He didn't want anything to do with that press conference yesterday. And then somebody, the, the final question of Jalen Hurts' press conference was about his Twitter. And I guess somebody tweeted out, Jalen Hurts doesn't, does not quit or something to that effect. They said, what was that all about? He said, I don't run my Twitter and walked off. I don't know what that means. Maybe somebody in the chat room does. I don't know. A um, couple other things from the press conferences yesterday. You know, I thought it was interesting, and we knew this, but to say it publicly, like Nick Sariani's got to be like the ultimate most, one of the most media-friendly coaches because they were asking him questions. And he's like, you know, Ruben, he called out Ruben Frank, I think. He's like, yeah, Ruben, I remember last year with the Hurts, two years ago, the Hurts-Wentz controversy. He said, he asked me about five different times. 
in one press conference who was going to be the starter. He said, I didn't forget about that. Somebody asked, uh, else asked him a, a, a question. He said, you know what? Not something I want to share too much intel on right here. He's like, come see me afterwards. Maybe it's something we could talk about off the record. How many head coaches are doing that? But what I thought was interesting is that he admitted leading up to the Lions game, absolutely he watched Hard Knocks. He said, I was looking for intel. Anything I could pick up from Hard Knocks to give us an edge. He said, do I watch the Kevin O'Connell press conferences? He said, absolutely. He said, I'm looking for information. Absolutely. He said, I watched every single Kevin O'Connell press conference trying to get an edge. Then they asked him, they said, oh, well, you know, you, you, you're still pretty tight with Frank Wright. He said, yeah. Well, ha- have, you picked, have you picked Frank Wright's brain about Carson? And I thought his response was kind of interesting. He said, this team inside the building knows Carson so well. Like, yeah, I talked to Coach Wright, but I don't think this is a game where we need to place a phone call and find out about what's going on with Carson. So the other thing he said, you know, he's in every single quarterback meeting with Shane, with Jalen. And he said the big thing here, like, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they never had a relationship outside the facility. They were partners on the field. They barely spoke off the field unless it was about his contract. And I read quite a few Patriots biographies. That was an icy relationship. Shane Steichen, Jalen Hurts, according to Nick Sariano, they're like boys off the field. And he said, that's not just Shane Steichen. He said, that's an organization philosophy that they preach and teach inside the building. He, he had a really good quote. Connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. He said, that's our organization philosophy. That is the Philadelphia Eagles organization philosophy. Connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. That's what Nick Sariani stands on. And this Shane Steichen, he's, you know, I know Jonathan Gannon was the one with three head coaching interviews during the offseason. Steichen is the guy, I think, that's ascending up the coaching ranks. So far, so good. Like Fletcher Cox said, it's only two weeks. They also asked Fletcher Cox about these expectations. I loved his answer. Spoken like a true veteran. He said, that's praise we don't deserve. Praise we don't deserve. So Nick Sariani echoed the same thing. He said, you know, what was the message to the the team? What was the message to Jonathan Gannon? Last week, block out the noise and clean it up. Okay. Credit, 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 credit. Sirianni, Gannon. uh, Sirianni also talked about the dog mentality. He said, we're living right here, right now, in the present. Jalen Hurts echoed the same thing. So what you see is kind of the same message from the top on down, which is good 
which is good because one of the areas for improvement that Seriani mentioned yesterday was the communication. He said, I really want to get better with our penalties, which there's been a lot of. And he said, our communication. And it looks like the communication is on the same wavelength from the top on down. They're all echoing the same sentiments here on Carson Wentz week. So, um, you know, we got some good intel from those press conferences yesterday. And uh, again, our, our, our good friend, uh, Britton Covey, who was uh, locked out. Uh, his parking pass was the wrong color. They didn't let him into the Eagles players parking lot. So he had to, he still had a, a practice squad parking pass and he pulled up his, uh, the bio of his uh, Eagles bio with the headshot pictures. Like, yo, it's me. It's me, bring Kobe. <laughs> and the security was like, hey, sorry, your parking pass is the wrong color. He's like, all right, I'll go park over here for 40 bucks with the fans. And now he said he's going to make it a trade. He's going to make it a tradition, he said. Because he said it, it, the fans were so passionate. He said walking to the stadium, Some most fans didn't recognize him. There was a couple that did. He said, but walking to the stadium and seeing how passionate the Eagles fans, he said, I'm going to do this every week. <laughs> Kudos to Brenton Covey, you know, for playing it right. And he said, listen, the security guy was just doing his job. I don't want to get him in trouble. And uh, somebody asked him if if he pulled out the, the uh, do you know who I am card? He said, ah, you know, I, I really haven't done enough yet around here to pull that out. He's like, maybe maybe once I have a big game under my belt, I can go there. He's like, I I really haven't done much to 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 warrant that yet. And, you know, he I, I still don't believe Britton Covey is on the uh, 53-man roster yet. I think he's still – he was activated to the 53-man roster on game day. I think he got three or four of those. At some point, they got to make a choice on Britton Covey, Noah Togi, I think – both weeks they've been elevated to the practice squad. I thought it was four. I heard John Johnny Mack say it was three games, but I thought you get up to four games and then you have to make them active. So, you know, Britton Covey, I think, is trending towards a permanent roster spot. So just some takeaways from the Eagles pressers yesterday. Uh, you know, if you're in the chat room, yeah, I'll do the gritty for 100 likes. And it don't even have to be live likes. Like, if you want to just hit hit us with the likes on the archives, I'll do the gritty for you. And I don't even know the dance steps. I've seen a lot of people do it. By this point, I've seen so many people do it in touchdown celebrations. I kind of have an idea of what to do. But after watching Rob yesterday, I got to start from scratch because what I thought the gritty was didn't resemble what Rob was doing. Rob Ellis just took the gritty backwards. He set the gritty back a decade. <laughs> so if you want to see RIC do the gritty, I'm down with the gritty nitty. Just give me some love. Show me the likes. Come on, get those likes up. I see you in the chat room when we come back. We have former Oakland Raiders, director of pro personnel, current NFL PA collegiate bowl, director of college scouting. Dane Vandernat is going to join us like he does each and every Thursday. I'm going to ask him about, all these pending Eagles free agents, 11 starters set to hit the open market with the Jalen Hurts contract on the horizon. How do you gauge who stays, who goes? We'll pick his brain right after this. It's all brought to you by Ocean Casino Resorts. 
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. for my gritty <laughs> are we gonna get the hundred legs i'll do the gritty for you man and i'll tell you what i hate to speak for our next guest dane vandernat if we get a thousand likes today a thousand likes i'll get dane vandernat to do the gritty the executive director of the nflpa collegiate ball joining us right here on the football playbook today good morning dane how are you out there in kansas city Hey, Rick, your fans don't want to see that, man. They're going to be thinking that uh, that we're on radio here, bud. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're talking about the truffle shuffle now. Now they're speaking my language <laughs> from the guinea. So um, I'm sure you've had quite a few offensive linemen that you don't want to see the tr- do the truffle shuffle during your time as director of pro personnel for the Raiders. Of course, currently with the NFL PA Collegian Bowl, and I know – uh, you've been on the scouting trails. We'll get into that in just a second. Some good college football action tonight. As a matter of fact, some NFL Thursday night football we'll dive into. But 
I want to pick your brain, you know, being in the front office and having made these decisions when it comes to free agency, right? And we talked about it last week. We kind of dove into what a Jalen Hurts contract and the ramifications could be. Well, knowing that and seeing how well Hurts has played now, there's going to have to be some decisions to be made. And I, I just went just, just to go see, like, because I've heard all this talk, well, the Eagles have a lot of pending free agents. I said, well, how many could it possibly be? And I went and looked, and they got almost like a half a dozen players on each side of the ball. They got 11 starters, like three or four key role players set to hit the open market. And, oh, by the way, Jalen Hurts is going to want his money too. So I wanted to kind of pick your brain about does this conversation happen in season? Do you put it off to the off season? Like how do you kind of prepare or game plan that, especially when you're, it's only week two, you're two and oh, you're sitting atop the NFC East. Vegas has got you as the third favorite, uh, fourth favorite to go to the Super Bowl. How do you balance the two? Well, that's the million dollar question, Rick, that every team's trying to figure out here, right? We always talk about, hey, can you win now in the NFL when your quarterback's on that rookie contract, right? Before the Eagles have to extend Jalen, can they get enough pieces, those those high-priced veterans, right? Because college players are cheap. The guys we draft, the guys we sign after the draft that we're going to have on roster for three, four, uh, up, up to five years with a first-round pick, those guys are relatively inexpensive, Compared to what we're paying, for instance, you know, you talk about the Eagles, right? We're talking about a team with 61 million in dead money out of 214 million, Rick, 61 million of that is dead, meaning that they're paying players. They're paying Alshon Jeffrey five and a half million this year, Rick, or at least he's counting towards that much on the salary cap this year. So when you're sitting here and you're talking about these high price free agents, right? Um, You know, Hargrave, for instance. He's number one on the salary cap this year at $17.8 million. Now, twelve seven five of it is what he's actually getting paid. The rest is prorated signing bonus. But that's going to be a big chunk, right, that, hey, look, they're probably going to lose him. The one thing that the Eagles really have mastered and that Howie Roseman and co. do a great job of is they play the compensatory pick game. They are willing to lose these guys, right? For instance – um, you know, we're talking about guys like Cha- Chauncey Garner-Johnson, right, who they just acquired from the uh, Saints in a trade. All right. He may not have gotten as much play time in New Orleans, which is obviously why they were willing to part ways with him at a relatively low late round pick cost. OK, now he's a UFA after this year. If he goes on and if he continues to play well for the Eagles and he goes on and signs with another team for a decent sized contract, That's going to be a late round compensatory pick for the Eagles this upcoming season. So you have all these factors that roll into it, right? Uh, Javon Hargrave, still a younger man. I I believe he's what, like 31, somewhere around there. Um, uh, Or excuse me, 29. Okay. So he's 29, maybe going to be 30 by the time uh, unrestricted free agency rolls around. He's still in prime position, still playing at a high level to go on and go get that third contract, right? He was a rookie with the Steelers. He signed that second contract to the Eagles. He can go get that third contract this offseason. Again, if he does that, compensatory pick for the Eagles. So you do have a lot of pieces right now. I think this is a good test case 
with a lot of these higher priced veterans, right? We know Brandon Graham's not coming back. We know that, um, you know, Jason Kelsey's not going to be coming back. So they have loaded up. They recruited those guys for this big push this year. And then it's going to be a retooling. And oh, by the way, we'll get a lot of that 61 million in dead cap space back going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, the championship window is here, right? Because this is the core. And I did not know a lot of the stuff that you just stated, but it's interesting because Chauncey Gardner Johnson is a free agent. So is the other starter, Marcus Epps. Chances are slim that both of them are coming back. And then you mentioned Hargrave. Oh, by the way, Fletcher Cox, some might say the heart and soul of this defense is a free agent. And you got a guy like Jordan Davis, who you drafted 14th overall, but he can't get on the field for more than 20 snaps a game. So how do you weigh the risk reward of a, you know, Jordan Davis is still an unproven commodity. As far as I'm concerned, the guy has 40 NFL career snaps, but if, if Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave leave, how do you just have the confidence to say, okay, Jordan Davis, it's your time. Marlon Tulipolatolu, it's your time. Like, that's that's a big to-do in the offseason. Like, how do you weigh the risk-reward of an aging veteran, a guy like Fletcher Cox who's going to bring leadership inside the locker room, right? His his contract goes beyond the – inside the, the the white lines. It goes outside uh, the, the playing field. And so there's going to be some big decisions to make. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but how do you weigh – the veteran versus the rookie, because there's going to be a lot of decisions to be the defensive line, the secondary, uh, a lot, a lot of these positions are going to need to make those decisions. We'll get into the offense and running backs in a second, but let's stay on the defensive side. How do you weigh the risk reward of these decision-making processes? You got to see guys like Jordan Davis as a rookie continue to progress, right? It's tough being a big man, really coming in and being an impactful player, especially when you're running with a second string. But, you know, again, hey, Fletcher Cox, likely not going to be back, right? Uh, Javon Hargrave, likely not going to be back. They're, they've got this year to have those two big horses out there, right, starting for, for this front, and next year it's Jordan Davis's year. This is, again, a way, right? We're going to lose that money, Rick. I mean, we're talking about the highest cap guy on the team in Hargrave, $17.8 million. Number, what is he? I mean, uh, Fletcher Cox, he's accounting for $4 million. So you're talking about over $20 million. We're going to free up next year in salary cap by, you know, having Jordan Davis with, you know, who is ever going to be starting alongside of him next year as well. So, you know what, we do have an opportunity this year as a rookie, to your point, Rick, we're going to evaluate Jordan Davis every single day, every single Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice. Hey, is he improving? Is he working his technique? Is he working on his pad level? Or is he getting in better physical shape? As you and I talk about all the time in our collegiate bowl meetings, right? These guys are going to make their biggest leap from year one to year two. This whole offseason, what was Jordan Davis preparing for? A 40-yard dash, a vertical jump, running the three-cone. He wasn't doing anything football-wise. He was merely preparing for the combine and for doing pro-day-type drills. That all changes after the season ends, right? Then he's going to be full-time with dietitians. He's going to be full-time with the Eagles strength and conditioning staff. 
he is going to have an entire offseason devoted to football and functional movement and power type play, right? That's going to benefit Jordan Davis, and he's going to be, he should be, a better player in better physical condition and with much leaner muscle mass next year than he ever will be this year as a rookie. So, um, you know, uh, my response to you, Rick, is that when it comes to evaluating the proven veteran versus the unproven rookie, right, we need to uh, obviously gauge where Jordan's going to be by the end of the year so that we can either sit there and say, hey, you know, we, we may need to talk to Hargrave about coming back. If so, at what price point, right? These are all the things we got away, but we still need to evaluate these guys as a rookie, try and get them into the games as much as we can because you can't simulate reps like game reps. And you know what? And if at the end of the day we feel comfortable, okay, we can move on from the veterans. If we don't feel comfortable, hey, we better go to plan B and either target somebody else or talk one of these guys into coming back. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of interesting decisions. Uh and all three levels of that defense, Brandon Graham on the defensive end is also a free agent. Um, in the second level, you got two starting linebackers, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, both hitting the open free agent market. Yet, Nicobe Dean hasn't seen the field for more than five snaps in two weeks combined. So that's going to be another evaluation process because the chances of signing both Kaiser White and TJ Edwards is probably slim to none. Oh, by the way, James Bradbury is going to be in the free agency along with their two starting safeties. Like this is going to be a hard offseason for the Eagles to navigate. And we spent a lot of time on the defensive side, but I look on the offensive side, like Miles Sanders is a guy that's he's played his best football of his life, no doubt about it, but he's also only played 50% of the snaps. Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott have split the other 50%. So in this day and age, and with all these pending free agents, like it almost seems like a foregone conclusion. Miles Sanders, there's no way. Like look at Chase Edmonds. I think that's six to $8 million a year. And he's kind of in that tier two category. Like I wouldn't put Miles Sanders as a stud, but he's probably in that tier two, tier three category, like a Chase Edmonds. Like how do you justify paying Hertz? and a running back, all these decisions on defense. It's like, that's the one position I feel like you you really can't splurge on the running back position, right? Well, you can and you can't, right? Because it's all relative. Are we talking about paying them, you know, north of 10 million? Okay, then that would certainly be a splurge. But Miles Sanders has produced, Rick, as you're saying, right? Like he's been a good football player for them. And to your point, you know, he's still getting, if he's getting 50% of the shares and the other two guys are getting, you know, the other 50%, well, he's still getting the lion's share in that regard. So, you know, the one thing you can say about Miles Sanders is that he's been very productive. I mean, he averages over five yards a carry in his pro career. Well, shit, Rick, pardon my language, but a good running back averages four and a half yards in the National Football League. So Miles Sanders is half a yard better every time he touches the ball than the standard for a good running back. Not to mention, he's also caught over 100 balls in his NFL career, right? So just as a pro, he's proven that he can be more than just a first and second down rusher. He's proven that he can be more than just a third down back. He has roles on this football team that I think warrant him getting that contract extension. Now, again, when we're talking about every year salary cap's going to go up barring 
you know, the 2020 season, right? Every other year it's gone up. The other thing that, you know, again, I'm going to keep harping on it, right? 61 million in dead money this year. Some of that dead money's going to Fletcher Cox. Some of it's going to the guys that are still on the roster. And, and you asked the question, why is that? Well, that's because they know we're going to have to extend Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is coming up. He's in year three, which means that after the season, his, con- his rookie contract can be extended. Okay. Well, if the salary cap's already going up from $214 million, and we're going to get at least $60 million in credit back next year that we currently have allocated to paying off those former high-priced veterans, the Alshon Jeffries, the, um, the Fletcher Coxes, et cetera, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, once those guys are off the books, now we've freed up a significant amount of money that's going to go to extending our quarterback as well as refurbishing the roster. James Bradbury, we just signed him this year. We're going to lose him next year in, in unrestricted free agency, right? Again, goes and signs somewhere, we get a compensatory pick. They're, they're, they have mounted this roster. They've massaged these contracts. They've brought in these defensive players largely on one-year deals, all geared up to winning the Super Bowl this year. If they do that, they're going to cut all that dead cap space. They're going to wave sayonara to all these defensive players. They're going to receive compensatory draft picks to go along with the regular slate of draft picks. And guess what? Now we can retool and we can build that next nucleus of Eagles football. It's going to be interesting. You know, they got to move and shake a lot of money around there. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders, I love him, but, you know, I, I always have a problem paying running backs money. And it's going to be an interesting decision because Devonta Smith, though, by the way, will be doing two years. You got Hertz making all this money. But like the Vikings, they paid Kirk Cousins. They had a good, they had a relatively good defense until they had to pay Kirk Cousins. And from what you're telling me, some some a lot of these guys aren't going to be here. So we'll we'll uh we'll we'll keep our finger on the pulse as the season goes on. But I thought it was intriguing. And the last one I want to ask you about this is like how much is the pressure turned up? You mentioned like, I don't know if Eagles fans realize how much this team was built to be all in this year and really win this year. It's built for this season. It, it, does that get turned up a notch inside the building? Like, is is Howie Roseman, Nick Sarian, are they feeling that pressure to do it this year? Like, is, is, is that does that creep into the back of your head? Oh, oh, yeah, all the time. And I'd say the coaches feel that more than personnel people do. Because coaches always feel like they're on a one-year contract, right? That it's always, hey, it's in a sense Super Bowl or bust. It's, you know, really show that we can compete for a championship every single year or bust. On a personnel side, you're feeling it, right? Because you've assembled this talent. It's not easy to add these guys. It's not easy to find trade partners that are willing to deal you quality players that are going to help your team at a reasonably low cost, right? These things are difficult. It's difficult to hit on a lot of draft picks on a year-to-year basis so that you can really build that nucleus of your team. It's difficult to find a quarterback. It's difficult to keep these guys healthy. It's difficult to field a competitive team for 17 weeks and then go out and start the postseason play. These things are extremely difficult, which is why, you know, the – the, all what New England and Brady and Belichick did for, for the better part of the last two decades 
is all the more impressive, right? These things are not easily accomplished. But, you know, so from the personnel standpoint, when you feel like, hey, look, this could be our year, we, you know, we've got our ducks in a, in a row. We feel like we've put together the right roster that can challenge not only win the, the NFC East, our division, but go on and rival the Rams, rival the Buccaneers, the elite teams in the NFC so that we can go and compete in the Super Bowl, right? That's what they feel like they've done. So you definitely are cognizant of that window, all the work that's gone into it, and now is our time to shine because we know that, hey, look, we're going to have to start cutting bait with some of these guys after the year from a financial standpoint. So we better do it while we have them before we have to retool, rebuild, whatever you want to claim it. Now, there's going to be a lot of decision making going on each and every week. Evaluation and uh, Dan Vanden out, of course, 10 years with the Oakland Raiders, currently NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Oh, by the way, we've got some uh, college football tonight. We'll get into your scouting trails in just a second. But uh, for those of our listeners that that just love football, we'll get to the Steelers and Browns in a second. But, um, well, let's let's keep it NFL, and then we'll switch to the college gear. Steelers at the Browns. Uh, I haven't had a chance to ch- uh, check the rosters. Do we have any uh, NFL PA Bowl alumni going on tonight? Oh, shoot. Well, we got three active on the Steelers and four active on the Browns. So, um, you know, I know nobody wants to talk about the punter for the Steelers, but our man Presley Harvin, Rick, uh, you know, one of the, the, the guys you'd probably least pick out of a lineup to be the punter is the starting punter for the Steelers. Been doing a great job. Jameer Jones, outside backer from Notre Dame, is still there uh, hanging around. And Arthur Mollett, who uh, you did a great job highlighting in a piece for us this week, Rick. He's uh, bringing up the the nickel special teams role for Pittsburgh, and then we've got some great rook- we got a great rookie in DeAnthony Bell, uh, start, uh, safety for Cleveland, making a mainstay on special teams. Yeah. Demetrius Felton, one of those running backs similar to Miles Sanders, you know, a guy that can be versatile and do a lot of different things. Uh, Jordan Kunisek, who you also highlighted, and Michael Woods, the second, our man from Oklahoma that you know had a phenomenal NFL PA Bowl this year. So those seven guys are on active rosters. Hoping all seven are going to be active tonight. And then we have uh, quite a few, uh, you know, guys. We have four practice squatters for the Steelers, uh, three for the Browns. Oh, by the way, we got uh, some familiar names to Eagle fans and Jason Huntley running back. He's on the practice squad for the Steelers. Oh, okay. As well as Chappelle Russell, Temple Tough, Rick, linebacker uh, with uh, the Steelers as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Huntley, you know, I always liked Huntley coming out. New Mexico State had some uh, kick return uh, experience as well there. So, hey, don't hate on the punters, Dane. Aaron Sipos is a big uh, global sensation after his special teams tackle this past <laughs> week. They're they're going uh, outrageous down there in Australia over Sipos. He's a he's a global superstar now. So. Uh, Good job there with, uh, man, it sounds like about 15 guys from the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl will be participating in tonight's Steelers at Browns game. I'll have some more on that later on in the show. But I mentioned uh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech is also tonight on the college po- football docket. Let's change gears here. And, you know, so far I think the, the Eagles want to re-sign Jalen Hurts, but – they do have to keep their fingers on the pulse with some of these other college quarterbacks. JT Daniels is a guy, maybe not one of the higher round draft picks, but Howie Roseman always seems to draft a quarterback on day two or day three. He likes to have those quarterbacks in the stable. So uh, what, 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 what are some guys that we should be looking out for here in tonight's game? 
Yeah, well, I mean, to your point, and that was always Bill Walsh's point too, right? That, hey, draft a quarterback every year and see if you hit on one. Because if you do, okay, well, great. We have the most important position in all of sports, you know, in our in our meeting room, sitting there, developing into a backup, maybe he has a chance if he gets into some games, right? You think of a guy, um, uh, who's our man, uh, the beard from Harvard that is uh, now an analyst. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. I love He's wearing this. Hawaii shirts now on the pregame show. They all chest hair out to go with his beard, man. I love it. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? I mean, to me, he's the quintessential backup. You draft in a late round. I think he was a seventh-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. You draft him late. You have him sit. You know, maybe he's on practice squad year one. But, you know, he's an intelligent guy. He knows the playbook. He goes out there. He, he's a great I don't want to just say cheerleader in, in your quarterback room for your starter, but he's a great member of supporting cast that can sit there and help out the quarterback, tells you what he sees and, and work through some of those things. All the while he's learning as well. But Ryan Fitzpatrick did a great job in his, what, 23-year NFL career with 31 clubs, it seems like. Um, you know, he did a great job hanging in there, performing when he had an opportunity, and, and he earned himself – couple contracts and some starting opportunities as well. So for me, I agree with that Bill Walsh, that Howie Roseman philosophy, you know, Hey, see if you hit on a guy, if you do, it's a really good investment, especially if it's a day three pick, it's a, you know, low risk, high reward type pick. You have JT Daniels, as you mentioned from West Virginia quarterbacking, former five-star recruit from uh, USC to Georgia. Now getting some play time up there at West Virginia, big year for him to show, you know, we know he has the physical, athletic, arm talent. Now can he put the consistency out there for NFL talent evaluators? He's going up against underclassman Grant Wells, the old Marshall, West Virginia transfer. Yeah. Now he's over there, VPI. Um, you know, he's got some receivers there, Rick. A couple other transfers, right? Uh, Jaden Blue from Temple Tough also there. Yes. Uh, you know, he's got some talent. He's a little bit uh, of the smaller size. You know, he's about 5'10 and a half, 190. Can work some of the slot, really good hands. Uh, Connor Blumrick, right? He's a Texas A&M transfer. He was a quarterback at one point, but he's one of the leading receivers now for Grant Wells in that uh, Virginia Tech offense. He's playing tight end. And then they have Caleb Smith, receiver, homegrown, and Nick Gallo, tight end, also uh, you know helping to lead a pretty potent passing game there for Virginia Tech. Yeah, and I had then a chance for West to see Virginia. Uh, not only do we have, you know, JT Daniels, but he's thrown to, to Bryce Ford Wheaton, you know, big bodied receiver has played well so far this year going up against Pitt uh, and some of the other games that they've had uh, going up against this Virginia Tech secondary. Got a lot of senior starters, Armani Chapman, uh, Chamari Connor, uh, Byron Murray, uh, Nazir people. So uh, you got some talent on both sides. Rick, as we always talk about, we love seeing when we're evaluating guys for the NFL, we want to see matchups. The NFL is a matchup league. We want to see these guys go one-on-one -on -one against other comparable guys that are also going to be playing on Sundays. So this is a good matchup that we can see JT Daniels, Bryce Ford Wheaton against this senior secondary, right? Guys that uh, we're going to be talking about here, not only for the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, but also, you know, in, in the draft and, and post-draft uh, free agency. I had a chance to see JT Daniels week one. He looked pretty good man I, I you know i think he still has some potential there and and Jaden blue who you mentioned this guy's catch radius like i just remember him having some of the longest arms i've ever seen when i saw him down at temple so i'll be keeping an eye on that um 
Of course, you were on location across the nation last week, this week. Let's start off with your travels from last week. Where did you go? What did you see? Yeah, back out in Manhattan, Kansas, Rick, to go see uh, K-State, undefeated K-State take on undefeated Tulane. And uh, both teams couldn't leave the day with that same record. And Tulane ended up winning up there in a big uh, upset. You know, I think uh, they they had a little chip on their shoulder, man. But the Green Wave, uh, Coach uh, Willie Fritz, very well coached team. They got some really good tacklers. They have some, you know, they're a talented group of five team. You know, K-State's a good football team. You know, they took it to a good FCS team in South Dakota. Um, You know, they were, you know, 2-0 going into this thing. I expect K-State to be in a nice bowl this year. They got Oklahoma this weekend. It'll be a good test. But um, K-State has some pieces. And Tulane went up there and did a nice job bottling them up and and, and playing a competitive game. So um, enjoyed seeing that one. Had a couple, you know, linebackers that really went off, um, you know, for Kansas State. One of their linebackers I really like, Daniel Green. He's the other 22 to go with uh, Deuce Vaughn over there. But um, Daniel Green, uh, he had a nice interception return, a little 49-yarder against Tulane. He's more of an instinctive downhill linebacker, showed that he can factor in the passing game, if you will. And then for Tulane, they've got a will linebacker in Dorian Williams, who's very athletic. He's struggled with some injuries in his collegiate career, but um, you know he's another one of those athletic, long, instinctive, stacked linebackers, run similar system. He'll be a nice prospect for the Eagles to take a look at because that's what he does best. He plays off the ball. He, he reads the play. And then he's got the athleticism, the speed, the range to go and get it. So, um, you know, it's great to see those two guys, uh, you know, make plays for their respective teams uh, last Saturday. And we're combing the country, always looking for talent. The most diverse all-star game in the country, the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl coming January 2023. Of course, you can go to collegiate.nflpa.com for Dane's reports, my reports. We're highlighting prospects. We're covering NFL PA Bowl alumni. And oh, by the way, if you, in case you thought I forgot, it's 217 days until the 2023 NFL draft out there in your neck of the woods, Kansas City, Dane. Uh, where will you be this weekend scouting for talent? I'm going to go, to some, go see some Mountain West play this weekend, Rick. We're going to head on over to Air Force tomorrow night, go see Air nice. Force take on the Wolfpack in Nevada, and then we're going to go drop into Colorado State on Saturday and see their game there against Sac State. So. Um, you know, excited to see these teams get out in the, the Denver areas, uh, you know, one of the most gorgeous places you can be, especially this time of year. So, um, you know, got some interesting prospects at, at really all four schools that we'll end up seeing on Saturday. So uh, as you're saying, Rick, keep an eye out. We'll put out some uh, some more reports early next week on some of the guys that that shined in these games. Yeah, that running back over there at Nevada, Toa, he's, like Toa. A, he's a cannonball. Yes, guy. he is. <laughs> yeah. he's, I, I just yeah, he's like five foot seven, like 250 pounds. You know, it seems like and he's just sitting there ricocheting off guys, man. He's productive as all get up. I really like him. He's a fun little running back to watch, man. I do. I enjoy watching him play. Um, all right. What about uh, before we get you out of here this weekend? Don't look now. My Jersey boys, Rutgers riding high three and oh at home against Iowa. They're saying, 
the stadium is going to be a sold out affair. They haven't seen anything like this in Rutgers in a very long time. That's what I'll be keeping an eye on. But what is, what is Dane Vandernack going to be watching this week? I, I just want to hear if they're bringing back the Metallica, you know, uh, for the Rutgers defense uh, when it comes time to make oh, yeah. a play. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, that's an interesting game, Rick, just because, you know, we need to find out about both these teams. You're saying 3-0 and Rutgers. Okay, well, uh, Iowa, you just lost at home to Iowa State, your big in-state rival. Iowa State's a good matchup. I'll talk about them in a minute here. But, um, you know, Iowa has been less than glamorous so far. So want to see what type of team is Iowa really fielding. They got a lot of really impressive seniors draft pick-wise, but, you know, that's not the same as being a great college football team for the season. Want to see, can Spencer Petrus, you know, make some things happen? Want to see some of these guys really come on and shine. But um, I think you got some really good games this weekend in addition to that Big Ten matchup. In the ACC, we got Clemson, Wake Forest, right? We got some big quarterbacks uh, be going head-to-head. SEC East, we got another rivalry game, Florida, Tennessee. SEC West down at Jerry World, Rick. We got Texas A&M, Arkansas. But I really am looking forward to this Iowa State-Baylor game, Right. Two teams, Rick, that in my opinion are sneaky good, that are, are going to factor into the top 25. Baylor's already highly ranked. They got some big D linemen, right? Siaki Aika, TJ Franklin, Jackson Player. They're going to be going up against Trevor Downing, the left guard from Iowa State. Really fun matchup that will be to watch to, you know, really see, you know, how is Trevor Downing? He's a highly rated guard. He should be a draft pick this year from Iowa State. We'll see how he's going to hang up or hold up, excuse me, versus the power of this interior line for Baylor. And then you've got some long Baylor DBs and Mark Milton, Al Wolcott going up against Cyclone receiver Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier Hutchinson's been a mainstay for this, uh, you know, Iowa State offense. He's a big physical athletic receiver. I want to see how he's going to go in this great test this week. Had a good one last week going up against the Iowa DBs. This will be another strong uh, opponent for NFL evaluators to watch him play. And then you've got Iowa State DN Will McDonald, right? One of the elite pass rushers coming out of this year's draft. I think he's going to be a first or second round pick, barring the unforeseen. Uh, He is extremely long, extremely athletic, plays a little bit out of position at Iowa State. You know, they play that three-man front, so he's reduced down a little bit. He's going to be an edge rusher. Philadelphia Eagles would love to draft this kid uh, to get after it, replace some of these D linemen we're talking about. He's going to go up against uh, Connor Galvin for uh, for Baylor, a returning senior. Should be a fun matchup, and really we'll get a chance to evaluate Connor more than we're going to evaluate Will in that matchup there, Rick. But, um, you know, one of the other matchups I'm looking forward to seeing on Saturday. Yeah, well, Lane Johnson, another guy who might not be back in Philadelphia, sure. Connor Galvin is a guy. And I got to tell you that Baylor head coach, Dave Aranda, I had, a, I had a chance to spend almost an hour with him, like one-on-one at the Maxwell Club. I was so impressed with his attention to detail, his thoroughness, his business-like approach. I think I think Baylor is going to be playing in a big-time bowl game. And Tennessee, who you mentioned, their schedule, if you look at how their schedule aligns, I talk about Kentucky and Will Levis and how they have a chance to go pretty far, but Tennessee is kind of a dark horse in the SEC. So some great games, some awesome matchups, some prospects you need to know. That's why we bring on the man, the myth, the legend, Dane Vandermatt out there uh, for your home for the 2023 NFL draft, just 217 days away. We're keeping tabs out here, Dane. 
Uh, we'll see you next week, and I'm sure you and I will be chatting offline about these prospects for the 2023 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Always looking forward to it, Rick, man. Love the show. All right, there you go. The football playbook, it's what we do. It's not just X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. That's what Nick Sariani said yesterday about Shane Steichen and his relationship with the Eagles players. Well, hey, we got some more Jimmy's and Joe's coming up for you after the break. Good time, friend. He's like family, too. Neil Stratton from InsideTheLeague.com is going to join us. Talk more about the Eagles contract situation, pending free agents. We'll go around the league. We'll peel back the layers of the onion when it comes to the scouting and agent community right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The story. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Back at it again, RSD in the place to be. Rick Saratella, telling it like it is when it comes to your Philadelphia Eagles, the NFL, college football, everything football here. Brought to you by the Ocean Casino Resorts. And, you know, John Dickerson's there in the chat room, man. He's driving the RIC train. If you want to see me do the gritty, we can have a dance-off here on the uh, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Our guy Rob Ellis was breaking it down, busting a move. Not exactly somebody who I want on my wedding uh, dance floor, but... Hey, you want to see RIC do the gritty man? All it's going to take is 100 likes. Dane required 1,000 likes. Let's see how many likes it's going to take for Neil Stratton to do the gritty, of course, CEO and founder of InsideTheLeague.com. Neil, how many likes do we need to get today for you to do the gritty next week? Oh, boy. I don't know if anybody wants to see me dance. Um, that, I guess if we got 20, I think that would be <laughs> Okay. Uh, but I, I mean, that may be a really hard sell, Rick. Well, we're, we're you're you're underselling yourself, Neil. You're setting the bar low, and uh, you know we have you on here. Of course, Neil Stratton, InsideTheLeague.com. I forgot to mention uh, Dane Vandernat does a great job over on SMWW.com. If you want to do his football GM and scouting course, Neil Stratton over on InsideTheLeague.com also bringing you literally inside the league with Zoom calls, uh, current and former NFL front office executives on on the regular, and of course. Uh, his books, Moving the Chains, Scout Speak, two of my favorites. Highly recommended over there. You can get them on Amazon.com. But, Neil, you know, we bring you on here to kind of take us inside the league, right, with the scouting 
and the agent community. Uh, we've kind of dived into the Jalen Hurts whole contract scenario pretty deep on the football playbook. But I was getting into this with Dane. It's like, hey, there's going to be 11 starters and another three or four key valuable uh, backups or reserves that are hitting the free agent market next year. And everybody's talking about, hey, Jalen Hurts, top money, big money. And then, oh, by the way, right there is backfield mate. Miles Sanders is going to be a free agent. And I look around the league, teams that put big, big time money into running backs, it usually doesn't work out. Like I look at Saquon Barkley. I hate to pick on him. He went number two overall. They they got a lot of money tied up in, in there. And the Giants have never been good since they drafted him. And say what you want about Ezekiel Elliott. He's been an a all-pro, pro bowl performer. One of the top uh, – Dallas Cowboys haven't won anything. Like even Adrian Peterson for his, a Hall of Fame career never really put a team on his back and carried a team to the Super Bowl. So I wanted to pick your brain about how feasible is it for the Eagles to bring back a running back when they're negotiating a potential long-term deal with their franchise quarterback. And, oh, by the way, you got about 10 other starters that you have to worry about. What can you tell us about previous contracts? What can you tell us about the standard market out there on the running back situation? And what can we expect as Eagles Nation to see come offseason with Miles Sanders? Well, if you look at the top 15 or 20 running backs as far as salaries right now and average per year, you see that a lot of them are still in their rookie deals, which kind of goes to the point you already made, Rick. There's, it's not, there's still not an appetite in the NFL for giving big second deals to running backs because of their, you know, durability and I guess the perception, at least, that they're pretty disposable. And most teams are trying to find two guys to to pay rather than just one. I think, given that circumstance, Sanders is going to be an affordable piece for him. I, I look for them. He's probably looking at two years that maybe around six, maybe seven, depending on how this season goes per year. Uh, I think that's something you can you can afford. And then maybe they, they continue to look for a little help in the draft. I'm not sure exactly uh, how old Sanders is. He's what, late 20s, somewhere around oh, there. No, he, he's only, uh, I think, four years in, so he's probably around yeah. 26. Yeah, like right around there. So, I, you know, I think he still is going to be someone who's affordable for him. You know, they may want to kind of upgrade, but, I mean, if he has a productive season, he's certainly been a key part of that backfield for a little while. And, uh, you know, he's a standard-grade uh, running back in the NFL. Again, I don't think he's going to be looking for a lot of money. Uh, the agency he's with is pretty reasonable, I think. Their history is not such where they're going to be trying to really break the bank. So I think Sanders is probably a guy that they can find something for, and, and I think he sticks around with the team for at least a couple more seasons so he gets to that uh, right on the threshold of 30 and where he's probably on the wrong side and they're looking to upgrade. He definitely has another uh, NFL contract in him. So Chase Edmonds, I think that was his second or third team, but I think he's kind of in that tier two category like a Chase Edmonds. I would even compare him maybe to like an Aaron Foster with the Houston Texans the way that Miles Sanders is playing, he's playing at a very high level, very productive, but to the point you just made, like running backs are so susceptible to break down at any given moment. Mm -hmm. I can't really think of a running back contract that you said, Hey, that was a good deal. Or, Hey, that really worked out. And like even Alvin Kamara, who you mentioned last week, as good as he is, like he's still not capable of keeping the saints afloat because guess what? 
the quarterback's always hurt or right. injured. And I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough when you have all these pending free agents. And oh, by the way, Devonta Smith is going to be eligible for a contract in two years. I just don't know how you keep all these teams uh, or all these players together. And we're seeing that around the league because I know another thing that you're keeping tabs on at InsideTheLeague.com is how many guys are drafted by a team and let go by a team but actually remain in the league. So, you know what, you might not have hit necessarily on the draft pick, but you knew what you were looking at because, hey, you know what, these guys are still kind of hanging out around the league. What have your tallies shown you? I know the Eagles are one of the players here. What have you found uh, from your studies? Well, you know, speaking of the backfield, you know, Boston Scott's a guy that was drafted by the Saints, but he's uh, had some good snaps with the Eagles. He's hung around. He's a, he's a small guy, but he still can run a little bit between the tackles. You know, you, you see players that are drafted by teams. Maybe they don't stick on a roster for one reason or another, but they wind up staying in the league. And I, to me, that's a pretty good measure of how effective an NFL team's scouting department is if they can find guys that are league grade, even if they aren't good enough at 53 for a number of reasons. Our breakdown last year found last week, I'm sorry, the Friday wrap in our weekly newsletter found that the Eagles were tied for 22nd in the league in total former draftees with 44. As perspective, the Ravens came in number one with 70. The the Vikings were just one player behind with 69, and there are three teams that were tied with 57. That puts, you know, the Eagles were in that bottom 10 as far as players, and they've they in the last 10 years they've drafted 70, 71 players. So they're getting it's not like they're trading away all their picks and they don't have a lot of a lot of selections. They've got, you know, averaging seven per per year. So they're getting a decent haul and the players aren't sticking around. And I think that's elite in the league, I should say. And that may be one reason why Harry Roseman kind of turned over his scouting department in the offseason. He wanted to see some fresh perspectives. He wanted to see different ways of looking at things, perhaps bring in the analytics a little bit more so and, and get have a, a greater impact there. And that's a little harder to do when you've got a veteran scouting staff that's going to be resistant to that kind of thing. So uh, it was an interesting look at things. I think that the Eagles will try will look to try to improve as they go forward in, in the sustainability of the players that they draft. As, again, more perspective, the Cowboys were tied for six just looking at the division. The Commanders are 16th and the Giants – Giants 17th, so they were the fourth team in their division. Just as you know, this is and this is just one gauge of the effectiveness of a scouting staff. But I think it is a relevant one because you know you pick players and that if they don't work out with you, they go straight out of the league. That's a pretty good indicator that uh, the league didn't share your opinion on those players. And there's a lot of scouts out there doing a lot of evaluations to find out that other teams didn't like your guys is not such a great sign. It's pretty interesting stuff and. Before my next point, you, you just said something that I want to follow up on. You said that the new Eagle Scouts or some of the people that were brought on are maybe a little bit more analytical. Is that kind of a point of emphasis that Howie Roseman wanted to implement with his hirings in the front office and the scouting department? Well, what I'll say is this. They brought one scout in from Cleveland. Cleveland, as we know, is a team that's really heavily leaned on analytics. And they brought another scout in from the college ranks to, uh, to work on the pro side. Those are just two. And those, I think when you're bringing in younger scouts, they're going to naturally be more given to those kinds of methods, at least certainly be more open to them um, and more accepting of them, even if they aren't necessarily ingrained. So I think that's a sign that that's the direction they're going now. You know, Brandon Hunt coming in, he's from a much more traditional team, the Steelers. 
uh, they've got a number of others who you know kind of fit into the mix of different ways. So I'm, I'm certainly not trying to say that they're going off and trying to become uh, you know Cleveland uh, Cleveland East, but I do think it's possible that they're a little more open to that, and that may be why. You know, that may be one way they're trying to change the look of their scouting department and, and kind of maybe even their philosophy a bit. Neil Stratton inside the league.com breaking it down, chopping it up with us here on the football playbook Thursday, September 22nd. Um, you know, I noticed here in, in, in your, your research, there's nine former first round picks and 27 day two picks that have moved on to other teams. So I found that interesting. Um, also, by the way, in case you want to get this information direct to your inbox, go to InsideTheLeague.com. You can sign up for the Friday Wrap. And, of course, the SucceedInFootballBlog.com. SucceedInFootball.com is free. There's a whole lot of moving and shaking uh, with the NILs and a lot of stuff going on. We got the Hub Football Transfer Portal Showcase going on uh, next month with Coach uh, John D. Filippo, who should be on the show tomorrow. He'll be one of the coaches there, along with good friend Eugene Chung. But the, N- the NIL, speaking of college football, is still kind of somewhat a wild, wild west. I know you've been bringing in experts and having uh, speaking panels in terms of how to navigate it. Uh, my good friend Jim Mora up there at UConn, they just announced this morning and a whole new NIL relationship. What can you tell us about the moving and shaking of uh, this NIL class. Well, we you know we know it's having a major impact. What we're trying to do at, at, at ITL is try to bring the concepts of NIL to our people, uh, the people that are uh, working with with players. Obviously, we're, we'll bring we're bringing in Sammy Spina, who's with the Vantage Management Group. Sammy has worked with Kenny Pickett as well as Dan Marino on the NIL side. He knows exactly what he's talking about. We're going to be offering a four week course on NIL and how to Make make NIL a something that, that 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 agents can monetize and really turn into something that can be a part of their uh, palette, I guess you'd say, their professional palette and, and how they work with players. So that's something we'll be offering. Um, that's going to kick off next month. It's going to be a hundred dollars for four, you know, just for four classes, and we're hopeful that it can be a real difference maker because there are so many questions out there. I mean, we're you know, we're looking at ways to kind of monetize or maybe perhaps make better the transfer portal with services there. You know, there's so many things out there right now, Rick, and so many things that make the game even more interesting than it normally you know, than it used to be. Uh, we're just trying to figure out all the angles there, just like you are, just like everybody else is with, with what you're doing at Hub and, you know, and bring players in uh, that, you know, that would normally be street free agents. You're giving them a platform, obviously, and having a lot of success there. There's so many ways, I think, to really kind of trying to be try to be entrepreneurial about the business, and that's what we try to do it inside the league. Now, the NIL has always been fascinating to me, and Charlie Batch was the guy. I know he was uh, uh, campaigning for uh, for his alma mater and, and offering quarterbacks a million dollars to come sign with uh, Central Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, right. wherever he played. You mentioned Dan Marino, good friend of the show, by the way. He's he Is he also involved in the NIL? Is that for Pittsburgh or what's he doing? I don't think he's involved per se, but the people that he's worked with certainly okay. are. And, uh, you know, they kind of, uh, I guess, cut their teeth with with Marino. For my money, it's still the best ever. And uh, and then have moved on to, uh, you know, work with other players and, and find opportunities there. So it's really interesting. It's the, I think the challenge for people in the NIL space is uh, conveying to players that this is not some kind of a passive income uh, stream. I mean, I think a lot of the perception out there is that 
I can send a post and then just start counting my money. If you really want to sell this, you've got to be willing to become a personality on social media and you've got to be able to kind of put yourself out there and really put time into it and attention or what have you to really craft it. And then if you can do that, you can have something that can, it is sustainable. But um, again, most players still haven't really grasped that and they're thinking, hey, I just want to play football. And uh, and I get that as well. It's a, it's a difficult kind of a fine line to walk there. We're going to be trying to help agents and, and people there in that space really relate that to players in a way that they can understand. Yeah, and I believe in two, three years from now, collegiate college football will be viewed as a pro sport because these guys will be so much money. I mean, look at Jordan Addison. I mean, millions of bucks being thrown at this guy. So uh, if you happen to talk to my guy, Dan Marino, tell him my, tell my paisan, I said, hello, we did a great interview with him at Anthony's coal fire pizza uh, a couple years ago. The Marino Parmesan is a great sandwich over there, by the way. Um, So that's interesting. Now also interesting is, you know, we're only two weeks into the NFL season, but it's never too early and never too late for an NFL mock draft. So I know uh, if you if you sign up for the Friday wrap over at InsideTheLeague.com every Friday night, you get Neil Stratton's newsletter and you did a review of the top seven mock draft services. What what were you able to find out with uh, players moving up, moving down? What what, what we got? Uh, moving and shaking here. Haven't done it yet, but uh, we're, we will have that in uh, tomorrow's edition, and we'll look at uh, you know where are, you know what are what's happening to players as you know, I guess we're three four weeks in for some teams. Uh, that's enough for some players to be rising and some fall, and and we try to look at how seven top services look at the players with their mock drafts immediately after the draft, and then we kind of watch you know kind of trace that through the season. We'll do that three more times between now and uh, and the end of April. And it's always fascinating to kind of trace the evolution, see who's rising, see who's falling in a comprehensive way. If you look at it, you know, going all the way through the year, it really tells a story of kind of how the college football season evolved and how these players all moved. You know, we it's always interesting because you'll go in in that first mock right after the draft and there are players that is on nobody's radar. And then you know, in some cases, like Baker Mayfield several years ago, the first year we did it, he was on nobody's first rounders that immediately after draft and wound up being the first pick in the draft. Same for Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Burrow was thought of as a nice second, uh, you know, day three. We thought of- he was a game manager, Neil. Exactly. He's a, he's a career backup, you know, winds up being the number one pick in the draft over to who was everybody's number one going into it. So it's really kind of fun to watch the mocks evolve and change and see who's rising and who's falling and, which service is really willing to go out on a limb and really, you know, look at and say, hey, this guy's got first round uh, bona fides, even though nobody else is talking about him. Some people really want to do that. And then there's PFA, which is PFF, which is one of the services we monitor. They're a lot more analytical, obviously a lot more uh, analytics driven in their, uh, in their, in the way they do things. So it's just really interesting to kind of see how all of them differ and how all of them kind of, Put their boards together and how they're similar as well. They're, you know, there's a lot of copycat out there as well. There's no no denying that. So we'll have a breakdown of all that in tomorrow's uh, edition. And looking forward to reading it and kind of seeing what we figure out. And yeah, there's no exact science when it comes to the NFL draft. I always say, if somebody has mastered the evaluation process, they'd be a millionaire a million times over. But uh, 217 days, by the way, till the uh, 2023. NFL draft. And I do find it fascinating, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. You mentioned Baker Mayfield. Nobody was talking about Joe Burrow. Uh, Kyler Murray is another guy that really came out of nowhere. Dwayne Haskins. 
Yeah, I, nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody thought that guy was going to be the 16th overall pick, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm no one thought he was the number two pick. You know, there's always an it QB that rises through, and uh, no one was, was expecting it to happen. I mean, to some degree, Kenny Pickett was that guy, even though he didn't certainly get in the top five. But it's really fascinating to watch the passers kind of move up based on this kind of season they have. No, I'm I'm going to be uh, curious to see who some of these mock drafts have and uh, kind of compare some notes over at the NFLDraftBible.com because that's what we right. do. That's and right. uh, since 2002, just about the same time as InsideTheLeague.com was born. So uh, what else you got going on? Any upcoming seminars? Anything else you got cooking over there at the motherland? Well, for the uh, for the new agent class, you know, we we've kind of talked about the, that a little bit here. They just got their results back last week, and uh, we'll be starting our monthly Zoom series, kind of getting coached up on what to expect and what their rookie year is going to be be like as agents, and kind of how to recruit and what to tell uh, the players that they're talking to, uh, what to how to get them into all star games, and all the all the different parts of the process that you play a key role in, Rick, and so many other people around the industry do, and so. And that's what we do at ITL is try to help people get better, help them succeed in football. That's uh, that's why that's our motto. No, hey, we appreciate everything you do, servicing the uh, NFL community. A lot of big things going on. That's why we check in with you. Uh, we try to check in with you, hopefully, each and every week. Neil Stratton, InsideTheLeague.com. Of course, SucceedInFootball.com. Go check them out. Moving the Chains on Amazon along with Scout Speak, which is really a great read if you want to get – Tales from the scouting trails, as I like to call it. Dane Vandernat comes on right before you. He talks about, you know, all his scouting journeys, and you yep. have great scout speak. Dane's about, in the Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's stories. Yeah, so uh, – and we got a lot of good stories that we share off the air as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff that happens uh, off, off the grid a little bit. I should also <laughs> mention, Rick, we're two weeks away from beginning our balloting on the BART list, which will be mm. where we – uh, try to try to find out based on the votes of active NFL scouts who they see as the best evaluators in the league. And it'll be interesting to see if the ten scouts from each conference repeat, or if they have a new uh, list of you know if there's some new faces that are in there. And we will be announcing the winners at our seminar in February at the combine. We're doing things a little differently this year. We won't be putting the uh, winners out as we did last year. We're going to wait and we're going to have a little more suspense, and then we'll have. The people actually accept awards there at the at the combine at our, at our annual seminar, which you always produce and uh, play a key role in. So uh, that's uh, that's also on our radar, and we're looking forward to our second year of uh, recognizing the best and the brightest among the evaluation community. No, it means a lot to me, not just because you have awarded a lot of executives that have gone on to be decision makers and GMs, but really because the Bart Awards are named after our good friend Danton Barto, who passed away from COVID complications and uh, was a regular on the state of football. My previous show, and somebody that um, I had a chance to spend some some quality time with on the scouting trails, and somebody that you knew dearly. And so we uh, we lost him just over a year ago and yeah. change. And so we really appreciate you keeping his legacy on with the Bart Awards, and of course. Inside the league will be uh, what is it the fourteenth annual uh, scouting seminar? Yeah, fourteenth. Yeah. I can't believe it. My gosh, it'll be twenty years before too long. It's pretty amazing. But, Unbelievable uh, stuff. That's why we bring you on Neil Stratton inside the league.com. Neil, we'll see you next week, my brother. Looking forward to it, Rick. Have a great weekend. 
man, I always learn something new when I get these guys on here. Dane Vandernat, uh, the previous guest, Neil Stratton here on the football playbook. Man, we are moving and grooving. I can't believe we got 90 minutes down. We got another 30 minutes or, 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 or so to go in the show. So we'll take a quick break. I want to get into some news and notes from around the league. Uh, Reed Sinet. Oh, by the way, was in uh, visiting a fellow NFC East team yesterday. I'll tell you more about that and some of the signings in the NFC that the 49ers and Rams, a lot of teams looking to add veterans here early on in the season. What's it mean for the Philadelphia Eagles? We'll talk about that right after this, all brought to you by the Ocean Casino Resorts. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. in a place to be waking up with you at the jersey shore we're approach, approaching brunch time or lunch time the sports take guys will be coming up here 
at 12 noon Eastern. Our guy Rob Ellis pulling out the gritty yesterday. The highlight of my day, if you haven't seen it, go uh, check out Jacob Sports' YouTube channel. You can go watch the archive or the replay of Rob. Uh, Played out funky music, white boy. I mean, that was the most embarrassing gritty I've ever seen. Obviously, I'm feeling a little bit disrespected here in the chat or the live stream or even the replay stream. We only got 42 likes today. Our good friend John Dickerson is holding it down for me in the chat room. We need 58 more likes for me to do the gritty. I don't know. Is it because I come back from commercial break every commercial already dancing for you? Like, I'll do the gritty up here at the boardwalk on the Jersey Shore. We could get some, like, I'll incorporate some fist pumping in my gritty. Like, what you know about the remix gritty? I got the Jersey Shore remix gritty. Have you seen that before? What you know about the beachcomber? I'll be up there doing the fist pump gritty. It's the remix. All right, see <laughs> the place to be. By the way, should I wear should I wear my Tony Soprano Rutgers shirt for the football Friday tomorrow to get you hyped up for the Rutgers big win over Iowa, or should I wear it on Monday to celebrate the four and zero start for Rutgers football? What do you guys think? By the way, tomorrow on the Football Friday uh, Affair, we'll have John Kime checking in from ESPN.com. Uh, he does a great job covering the commanders, the beat writer there at ESPN. So we'll have John Kime to kick things off. We'll also have Matt Paris from the uh, Washington Times. So we'll get more uh, more intel from the other side with some of the commanders, beat writers. And then we're hoping to have Coach John D. Filippo once again, who I think is going to be a football Friday regular here throughout the re- the rest of the regular season. I'll confirm that tomorrow. But, uh, man, he called it. He said the best is yet to come for Jalen Hurts and his development. We saw that on Monday Night Football. We'll, uh, we'll get a chance to pick Coach Flip's brain tomorrow on uh, Hurts, Wentz, uh all the quarterbacks around the league that he's keeping tabs on. So it's going to be a football Friday affair tomorrow. Uh, Tonight we have Thursday night football on the Amazon. Are you guys prime subscribers? Uh, Amazon 13 million viewers in week one, by the way, they continue to uh, exceed expectations much like a Jalen hurts and uh, Al Michaels and Kirk uh, Herbstreit will be on the TV call. Ian Eagle and Jason McCourty on the radio call. And I think Devin McCourty's on uh, the football show on NFL network. Devin McCourty does a good job there. Jason McCourty. I didn't know was getting into the broadcast business as well. He'll be on the radio call with iron Eagle uh, Steelers one and one at the Cleveland Browns one and one Pittsburgh sweeping this uh, season series last year. But I think the big story here is the Kenny Pickett watch. When does Mike Tomlin pull the trigger? Because Mitchell Trubisky has not been lighting it up like the 4th of July, if you know what I mean. So at some point, maybe tonight, maybe at halftime, could Tomlin make the switch? Could be. Could be. Uh, TJ Watt out. Big loss for the Steelers' defense. But Minka Fitzpatrick has kind of stepped it up a little bit. He's got an interception in each of the first two weeks on, on, on the back end. And then Miles Jack, one of those uh, under-the-radar off-season acquisitions, 
Oh, by the way, 13 tackles last week, stepping up in the absence of TJ Watson. So Pittsburgh still has a solid defensive foundation. It's just a matter of getting the offense to click. Whether that's Trubisky or Pickett remains to be seen. Najee Harris is a guy that I think can really tote the rock and be a rare bell cow in this league. But I think it's more about getting the ball in the, the hands of your playmakers like a Deontay Johnson, like a Chase Claypool, you know, letting those guys make some plays. And if Trubisky can't get it done, rally the troops, throw Pickett in there. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, by the way, is playing pretty, pretty adequate. Um, he's found Amari Cooper pretty often here early on in the season. If Cleveland is going to win this game, which by the way is like a 38 point over under, which is extremely low in the national football league. I think it's going to go under uh, because if Cleveland is to win this game, it's going to be a lot of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's the only way I see Cleveland to win this game because I don't really want to put the ball in Jacoby Brissett's hands. I don't want Brissett to have to go and win the game for me. Now, of course, I want a couple plays downfield to Amari Cooper, absolutely, but it's Chubb all day. It's Chubb left, Chubb right, Chubb middle, and when it's not Chubb, it's Kareem Hunt. Get the party started if you're the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go Pittsburgh here. Uh, Cleveland's actually favored, I think, by two and a half. Not sure what the odds are. You can keep the stinking points. Let the record show. I'm on file for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game outright. And I was nine and seven last week. Nine and seven in week one. That's with the spread. That's against the spread. It's not just picking winners. That's with the point spread line. So we're 16 and 14. One on one on the best bets. We went with Baltimore in both weeks. They blew that 21 point fourth quarter lead. What a debacle that was. Um, so, you know, first pick for the week three docket. I got the Steelers. Keep your stinking points. Give me the money line. Give me the under. Oh, by the way, Miles Garrett, man. Maybe because it's he plays in Cleveland, the mistake by the lake. He doesn't really get the, the the mainstream recognition. Maybe he does. I don't watch too much ESPN or NFL Network these days, but 61 and a half sacks through 70 games. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I think according to um, according to the NFL communications department, from what I recall, that's the third most, you know, they, they kept, they, they, they didn't keep uh, track of sacks until like the early eighties, right around Mark Gastineau time. But that's the third most sacks in modern day history. Since they keep, keep tabs on this stat through 70 games, he's got the third most sacks, 61 and a half. This guy could play another decade. I mean, Miles Garrett, if he keeps, on this trajectory could be one of the really good ones uh, that comes into the league. So uh, just a couple storylines there for Thursday night football. Oh, by the way, some moving and shaking going on in the NFC. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys sniffing around Reed Sinet. Did you see that Reed Sinet in for a workout? In fact, 
how good do they feel about Cooper Rush? Because they brought in three quarterbacks for a workout yesterday. Reed Senate, Jamar Smith, who I think was the MVP of the USFL, and then Case Cookus, who also played in the USFL. I think Smith and Cookus were both at the Hub football camp. Um, Jamar Smith's a very good player. Now, I haven't seen the Cowboys actually sign one of these guys. They were all three of them were in for a workout yesterday, but Reed Sennett could be a member of the Dallas Cowboys practice squad as soon as today, possibly. Oh, by the way, they also worked out uh, John Hightower, the wide receiver yesterday. So the Cowboys are sniffing around some four former Eagles players. We saw the Eagles do it with Janarius Robinson last week. Is Dallas really interested in Reed Sennett? And John Hightower, or are they just trying to pick some brains? We'll see. We'll see if uh, some signings come down the wire today. The 49ers did sign some players. Kurt Benkart, Kurt Benkart uh, from West Virginia, I believe, who, who's in action tonight. He was also hanging out in the USFL, Alliance League, XFL. That's why I love these spring developmental leagues, especially for the quarterbacks. But, you know, talk about just the irony they signed, the 49ers signed Nate Sudfeld in the offseason for $2 million guaranteed. They wind up having to cut him because they renegotiate the Jimmy G deal, and they like this kid Brock Purdy. But now with Trey Lance officially confirmed out for the season, I think Kyle Shanahan said yesterday, other than Brock Purdy, they have nothing. And Brock Purdy's a rookie, an undrafted rookie, so they said, hey, we gave up on Sudfeld after paying him $2 million. He's in Detroit now. They worked out five quarterbacks. They signed Kurt Benkert from West Virginia. Oh, by the way, Tevin Coleman, remember me? Also picked up by the 49ers. He's on their practice squad now. We know San Francisco likes to employ that running back by committee system. So they signed Kurt Benkert and Tevin Coleman. We mentioned the Eagles uh, with Derek Barnett being out. Could they sniff around Jason Pierre-Paul or maybe attack McKinley or, well, attack McKinley's off the market. Your uh, L.A. Rams scooped him up yesterday, the former first-round pick from the Atlanta Falcons. I think he was with the Dallas Cowboys. Now he's with the Rams. But, hey, these first-round guys are going to get some play. So attack McKinley's off the market. Eagles, Howie, if you're listening, JPP could have could be had for next to nothing I'd be on the phone line right now because it's only a matter of time. You see all these veteran guys signing. Tevin Coleman, Tack McKinley. Um, these veterans are going to be snatched up off the market. And the, the Domicong Sioux is still out there as well. I'm not sure if he still wants to continue to play. The Eagles don't really have a need at defensive tackle, but if somebody picks up Sue. Not a bad uh, boost for the second half of the season. I saw, you know, keeping it in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints, who some people, like our good friend Emery Hunt, had predicted to go to the Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl hopes have taken a hit because Jameis Winston, we learned last week, had four fractured ribs. Oh, by the way, now he showed up on the injury report with an ankle injury. And oh, by the way... The Saints had eight players on the injury report yesterday. So they're banged up early. Their quarterbacks, like Humpty Dumpty, just (laughs) 
scotch taping it together with four fractured ribs, ankle injury. I don't know. I don't think the Saints are even a playoff team at this point. But a lot of moving and shaking in the NFC. The Cowboys working out quarterbacks. The 49ers signing a quarterback and, and, and Tevin Coleman. The Rams bringing on Tack McKinley, trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Why not? JPP, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, why not? Just don't have them be the host of our 4th of July fireworks celebration. That's all I'm saying. So a lot of moving and shaking. Uh, by the way, the Eagles injury report yesterday, Hassan Reddick knee, Avante Maddox back. I know uh, our good friend Johnny Mack said he saw both of them in the locker room yesterday. They seemed to be okay. Quez Watkins sat out practice with an illness yesterday. So that's your Eagles injury report as we go into Wentz week. Um, we got a few minutes left to play around with. And if you've been tuned into the Jacob Sports Channel and uh, been bearing with us through uh, the Birds 365 freeze up and then some of our technical difficulties behind the scenes and sometimes on the scene is uh, Tone DeShields, our super producer. I want to pop him on real quick if he has time. Tone. What's happening, my man? You've had a busy, busy morning here on the Jacob Sports. YouTube yeah, man. Uh, you know, you got to roll with the punches. That's all I can say. I love the gear, by the way. Where do I get me one of those Jacob uh, Sports? <laughs> oh yeah, man. Like I got this one. I got this when I started working. So you know, <laughs> they had you know they had to lace me a little bit, make sure I was a part okay. of the team. <laughs> all right, all right, very good. Well, um, I just mentioned the NFC teams. The Cowboys are bringing in players for tryouts. The 49ers signed a quarterback and running back. The Rams signed Tack McKinley. Do you see the Eagles here, you know, kicking the tires? I I keep talking about JPP and OBJ and a a lot of acronyms and abbreviations. Do you you want to get on board with bringing in some veteran help here? So I think what's going to end up happening, right? I think Javier Roseman is sitting back and he's evaluating the flaws of this team right now. They're they're built pretty well, you know. Let's 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 make that very clear. The Eagles are built pretty well, and they're they're built to compete, right? But I think what he's doing, like he always does, he sits back and he and he, he lets things play out into the trade deadline. He waits till injuries pop up. He waits till he wait he waits until opposing teams get desperate, and or he waits until players get a little disgruntled in their other situations, and then he pounces. For example, Jai Miami Dolphins in twenty seventeen, he pounced on him. He was very instrumental in the Philadelphia Eagles running game when it came to that Super Bowl run. So uh, Harry Roseman is known for making moves very close to the trade deadline, you know, at the at, at the 19th hour. Right. You know, at the, at the 24th hour, he's he he's 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 he stays up and he gets things done. So I think what's going to end up happening. I think he sits back, watches this team. I think if a, if a move is made, I think you may see a move made on the edge. I think I see him. I see him adding some depth there. Who it will be, it all remains to be seen. I don't see him just bringing anybody in, just you know, just to take space. Whoever he does make a move for, they're going to be an impact player. And again, it's all going to be based on where this team is around that time. Right now, they're two and zero. Very easy to say, wow, they're Super Bowl contenders, but they have to prove that every single week. They have to continue to dominate their opponent. They have to continue to show that they're a force to be reckoned with, right? So um, I fully expect Harry Roseman to look at his team, evaluate, and depending on where they are, he'll he'll pounce and make a move, and I expect it to be on the edge. Tone, you're a little bit younger than me. I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Jersey Brethren 
Naughty by Nature, you're down with OPP, JPP, <laughs> yeah, you know me. You, you mentioned yeah, it. I'm yeah, familiar, man. I'm familiar. <laughs> hey, man, listen, I don't see any kind of downside of bringing a, in a guy like JPP. It's like, hey, great. If he works out, awesome. If he doesn't, who cares? He's just sitting out there on the free agent market. But we're winding out of time. We had a great show. Dane Vandernat, Neil Stratton kind of bringing us inside the league there. Uh, any thoughts from our conversations there? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's fascinating, right, when you think about uh, when Dane was breaking down uh, the path to roster construction and the path to roster building. You think about it from that perspective, and you, th- and you also think about the fact that, you know, there are plenty of moves that are going to have to be made when it comes to Miles Sanders, comes to Jalen Hurts' contract. There's so many guys on this roster that has or that are on a one-year deal. That's yeah. something that, that I'm going to be paying close attention to. But at the same time, I kind of I kind of like it because you have a lot of guys playing for something. You got you got a lot of guys with a chip on their shoulder and you have flexibility. You're not really tied to the hip um, to anybody, really. Uh, but the main priority will be Jalen Hurts, like Dane said. And um, as far as Miles Sanders goes, uh, you know, people don't like to pay running backs big money. And people are aware of his injury history. So you're going to see um, – I think I think you're going to see how Rose potentially offer him something, depending on how he's been playing midseason. And if not, uh, Miles is going to test the market, and then how he's probably going to let that play out. And then I think he's probably going to say to Miles, "Well, look, I got something for you. You know, you know the scheme. You know, you know, you know, you know how things work here. You ain't got to move. Look, three million. I'm sorry. Uh, well, three years, three years of uh, ten million. You know what it is like. How like or three years, twelve million. However you want to break it up, but you know." I'm not dedicating too much money to the running back position. Yeah, I think Chase Edmonds is out there getting like six to eight million. So I think Sanders is going to probably want a little bit more, but it's it's just an underlining story to keep an eye on as the season progresses. I know we're running out of time here, Tone. Always appreciate the perspective, man. I'll let you bounce off here. And uh, coming up here at noon is going to be the sports take. Uh, hey, I, I don't think we hit the hundred likes on the live stream but i'm taking in the archives into play give me 100 likes on the archives please if you're listening on the replay we had dan vandernat executive uh director of the nfl pa collegiate bowl neil stratton inside the league.com tones take there breaking it down for you there uh i can do i can do the gritty better than rob ellis i'm i'm pretty confident about that so 100 likes that's all it takes show your boys some love We'll be back at it again tomorrow, hopefully, with John Kime of ESPN, uh, Matt Paris of the Washington Times, and Coach John Filippo. But keep it locked. If you have the autoplay on, stay right here at the Jacob YouTube Sports Channel, right here in the chat room. We'll carry over to Sports Take, followed by Dan Sills' uh, uh, National Football Show. 12 hours each and every day. Buckle up. It's Eagles football, NFL. We'll be back on a football Friday tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.